0: Good morning, welcome to Axios Today. It is Friday, September 3rd. I'm Hope King, filling in for Nyla Voodoo. Here's what you need to know today. How Texas could impact abortion laws in other states. Plus, inside the first all-civilian space flight. But first, rounding up a week of climate devastation is today's one big thing. Natural disasters punished the country this week. There's been flooding in Louisiana, and now the New York region, alongside wildfires in California and Nevada. Typically on Fridays, we round up the week in politics, but this morning, we're rounding up the week with climate news because it's catching up to us now in our homes. We also want to talk about what we can do to better prepare for and live with more extreme weather events. With us again is Axios climate and energy reporter Andrew Friedman. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Hope. Catch us up first on the flooding on the East Coast. We were talking throughout Thursday night, and you mentioned that forecasters had warned of the situation. So, why did it seem like it snuck up on a lot of people?
1: The warnings were there. The advanced forecasts were two days in advance that this would be an extreme event. There are disconnects between forecasters, between the people who issue these warnings. And clearly with uh, both the public and policymakers.
0: So we do talk a lot on the show about the policies that need to be put into place to mitigate these disasters. But I also want to know what the average person can do to start preparing for this new reality. And as you said yesterday about wildfires to now live with these extreme events.
1: Yeah, so people really should educate themselves about what types of disasters they are vulnerable to in their area. There are ways, easy tools online now, to tell your vulnerability to flash flooding. There are uh, ways if you are near a forested area in the West and are concerned about wildfire dangers, there are organizations that can give you advice on how to better fireproof your property. I actually think that there's more opportunity for people to be proactive about their disaster resilience preparation and feel some sense of agency that they are not at the mercy of some force unseen that is going to wake them up one night and burn their house down. Once you do something, you feel more in control, I think.
0: One other thing that you say quite often is that this is absolutely historic and it will escalate. So does this week then feel like it will be the wake-up call for people to start paying attention?
1: You know, people often say, like, this disaster is now the new normal. And, you know, it isn't. Things are going to continue to escalate from here. That doesn't mean we shouldn't do anything about climate change. We should. It just means we have to be prepared for where Mother Nature is being pushed and how Mother Nature is sort of pushing back.
0: Andrew Friedman is Axios' climate and energy reporter. Thank you, Andrew.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We'll be back in 15 seconds with how Texas could reshape the nation's abortion laws. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Hope King, in for Nyla Boodoo. More than a dozen states have tried and failed to pass abortion bills as restrictive as the one that just went into effect in Texas. With that precedent, though, others may now try again. Axios's Oriana Gonzalez is with me. Oriana, where else could we see similar legislation go into effect, or at least new attempts? We have actually a lot of states that have done exactly the same bills. The only exception is that Texas, as we know, is actually allowing private citizens to enforce the law instead of the state. However, states like North Dakota, Iowa, Arkansas, Alabama, Mississippi, they have all implemented very restrictive bans. In particular, Alabama actually had one that was even more restrictive than the six-week ban. So those are states that are looking at this that have been challenged by the law that are really considering this is a loophole that I can use. Oriana Gonzalez is a News Desk reporter for Axios. Thanks for this, Oriana. Thanks for having me. You may have heard the newest season of the Axios podcast, How It Happened, is out now. It's hosted by Axios space reporter and one of our favorite guests, Miriam Kramer. Miriam goes behind the scenes and shares what it's like to be a crew member on the first ever all civilian flight to space. The series just kicked off, and Axios Today host Nyla Boodoo spoke to Miriam.
2: Can you tell us the basics of this mission? So the mission got started by this guy named Jared Isaacman, who is a billionaire, uh, and he had this vision of taking three other people, not necessarily his friends, to space with him on a SpaceX mission. One of them, Cyan Proctor, she read a poem as part of her application. It was this this video application. She talked about her belief in Jedi space, which stands for a just, equitable, diverse and inclusive space. She actually tried to become a NASA astronaut at one point and made it to sort of the finals and wasn't selected. So this has been a long time dream for her.
0: So for people who are listening to this thinking, why should I care about a billionaire going to space? What would you say to them?
2: I think that the reason that Inspiration4 really, really caught me was it's not just a suborbital flight. These people are going to spend three days in orbit. They're trying to raise $100 million for St. Jude on top of the $100 million that that Jared Isaacman is donating as well. And you have a really interestingly diverse group of people that are getting to go.
0: Miriam, I am the generation of Florida kids who grew up watching space launches and was in elementary school when the Challenger disaster happened. What are the stakes here when you have people who are going into space who aren't professional astronauts?
2: Yeah, I mean, Krista McAuliffe was going to be the first teacher in space, and she, she died tragically in the Challenger explosion. A lot of the rhetoric around Krista McAuliffe was this is an opening of space to ordinary people, just like it is with Inspiration 4. If this succeeds, it will be written as, as a huge accomplishment for SpaceX, for private spaceflight, for people who want to go to space. If it fails, it could completely halt the industry in ways that I don't think anyone is really prepared for.
0: Miriam Kramer is a space reporter for Axios and the host of season two of How It Happened, which you can get wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks, Miriam.
2: Thanks so much.
0: State fairs across the country were canceled last year due to the pandemic, but they're back this year. COVID-related issues, however, remain. Food and staff shortages are leading to higher prices and longer wait times at the state fair in Iowa, while the vaccine and mask divide has led to a smaller turnout in Minnesota. Axios Twin Cities reporter Nick Halter was at that fair this week and sent us this.
1: I am out here on day six of the fair, and so far attendance has been down about 35 percent compared to 2019. Uh, it is a big money maker for a lot of vendors who buy uh, cookies and cheese curds and beer. And uh, I don't think that some of these vendors are going to hit the money they're, they're used to making this year. Some people have stayed away from the fair after it announced a couple weeks before the beginning that they would not require vaccines or masks uh, to, to enter. And so it's a smaller than normal crowd, but, uh, but still people around eating and drinking.
0: That's Axios Twin Cities reporter, Nick Coulter. That's all for this week. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. We're produced by Alexandra Boti, Nuria Marquez-Martinez, Sabina Singani, and Lydia McMullen-Laird. Our sound engineers are Alex Sugiara, Michael Hamph, and Ben O'Brien. Dan Bobkoff is our executive producer. Sarah keolani Gu is our executive editor. And special thanks to Axios co-founder Mike Allen. I'm Hope King. Thanks for having me. Nyla is back next week. Stay safe till then and have the best weekend.